Hey, everybody. This is Talk Like a Lady, a podcast where we find out all about our favorite ladies. I'm Carly Morton. And I'm Jessica Fontana. And today we are talking to Breland Moore. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm super pumped. We're excited you're here. I know. At least on the computer screen. Right. (laughs) Right. It's such a strange time because, uh, you know, you guys contacted me when in January, yeah. um, <laughs> trying to get me on this thing. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. Like, you know, after the little Super Bowl, you know, no big deal. I mean, no uh, deal. that's not completely just consuming my entire existence. <laughs> um, but I was so excited when you guys messaged me. And then of course, after everything calms down, then, you know, we had some technical issues and things like that. And then finally everything comes together and coronavirus. And so, plague. Uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely been a journey, but I'm so happy to finally be here now with you we guys. We are too. <laughs> yes. I feel like we've been trying for so long. I know. So it's finally paying off. Finally here. Happy. So happy to be here. What are you drinking tonight? Um, I have Cab Sav. It's a new brand that I have not tried before. Not terribly bad. It's on sale at the grocery store. So I decided to take a, take a little shot there. Not awful, but I think I will be, uh, keeping, keeping my, my favorites, um, from here on out. So I don't know if this is another investment ever again, but it is, it is good for today. (laughs) I, I didn't have a red wine, so I I found what was in my fridge. I found a white wine and <laughs> a Boulevard Rattler, so that's going to be me tonight. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. No one, no it's one quarantine. Has. I got yeah, right? quarantine. <laughs> Sometimes signs are tough, so oh my we got to make it with what we have in the fridge. I totally understand. I right. found like eight bottles of wine above my refrigerator in like the cabinets that you can't reach ever. Wow. Um, Because I recently took all of my cabinets off and painted them. So I was like, oh yeah. And then bam, all the wine ever. And I was like, this is a gift. Yeah. What a <laughs> from, clutch time to me. find that, right? <laughs> I know. It's Don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Quarantine <laughs> gift. I know. I was really excited. <laughs> so we have our guests do homework. Did you come with a badass lady that you want to talk about tonight? Yeah, no, I actually have two. So I didn't know what you guys uh, necessarily wanted. So do you want just, can it be just anybody or does it have to be a famous person? Anybody. Oh, it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody. Oh, awesome. Beautiful. So I am going to give a shout out to my badass coworker, Danny Welniak. Yes. Um, she's our sports director at KCTV. And that lady is the most badass person I know. I am so excited. Um, I followed her work for a really long time, even before I got here. Um, and what, back when I was, you know, covering the bills, I would look at her Twitter feed and I was like, man, she's just like killing the game. And when I had the opportunity to come here, that was like the first thing I thought of is, oh my God, I'm so intimidated by this person. And she's, she is the nicest human being ever. So there's no reason to feel that way, but yes. because she's just out of the ballpark, amazing at her job. Um, but on top of it, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but Danny used to actually play professional football and she's won a Super Bowl. What? Yeah, she's a receiver and a running back, right? I didn't know and that. so um, you know, she That's walks cool. up into the Chiefs and has like her Super Bowl ring on and like they <laughs> love talking about it with her. Aww. And you know, all the players are like, oh man, 
Like, you want a Super Bowl? Really? It was it tackle football? She's like, yeah, of course, you know. Um, so absolute badass lady all around. Um, she also has like a spear throwing contraption in her backyard, just like real badass. So, so she's like um, the real kind of badass then. Yeah, <laughs> she absolute just warrior all around, but could not be a sweeter individual you know, very caring and compassionate human, but then also has just like this complete just edge and competitiveness and kills the game every day and everything that she does. So definitely hands down, badass lady, Gammy Wellmiak. That's, um, it does, you don't always hear about people meeting their heroes or people they really look up to and like being yeah. satisfied with that experience. You know, it's like sometimes people are so disappointed by that. So yeah, it's really cool that she's an amazing lady for you. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I think the first thing that was really rad, you know, I was so nervous coming here. Um, not that, you know, the build was great, but I, I struggled a little bit in Buffalo my first year. Well, I worked in Rochester, but you know, we covered the bills cause we we're right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I struggled, you know, it was really hard to, to go into that market and, and not know anyone or know anything really. Um, right. And it, it's, it was a little bit tough. And when I signed on here, I was extremely intimidated because the Chiefs do have so much more of a spotlight and it's so much, everything's so much bigger here um, than it was there. And, you know, I think that the best thing she ever said to me was I, you know, talked to her on the phone and she's like, listen, I know that you're stressed out right now because you're, you know, you're moving, things like that. I want you to know, and I want to take this off your plate. I will never let you fall. I will never let you drown. I will never let you flounder. We are a team and we've got this together. And like, since then, I just love her. I mean, that's like, that's such a nice thing for someone to say. I know. And she didn't even know me at the time, you know? Yeah. That gave me chills. Yeah. So, and she hasn't, you know, she is, she is an absolute rock star. So I am so blessed to have her as a mentor and a coworker. Um, and of course, you know, obviously a friend as well. So. It's so yeah. I love hearing stories like that where women are lifting each other up like that and not be competitive. Cause so much of the time we're, we're kind of placed in positions to be competitive with each other. So yeah. it's so, that, it, those kind of stories make me very happy. Yeah. And I, that's the thing is like, I, I didn't know what her reaction would be. Right. Um, and I, we both have had experiences, negative experiences with women who treat it that way. Right. Um, and so I think that that's part of it is because we both recognize that that's just kind of stupid behavior. Right. Um, but also, yeah. you know, I have been there, so I had no idea what to expect when, you know, two women in a sports department is really unheard of. Um, yeah. But she could not be kinder. It's absolutely amazing. Kansas City's the coolest. I know. And everyone's so nice. I mean, it took me probably about a year or so to earn my, you know, right to be there, so to speak, in Buffalo. Because, like, no one would talk to you. No one anything. You know, even Rochester was a little nicer um, because they're minor league teams mostly in Rochester. So they were a little bit nicer. But up at one bill's track, man, I sat there, like, eating my lunch in the back. (laughs) Uh, um, I was friends with one girl who worked with me in Rochester for a, a competing station. Um, she ended up being my roommate. But after that, like year or so, then I was one of them. I had to like, earn it. But not here in Kansas City, man. I walked in and they're like, oh, you must be Freeland. Hi. So nice to meet you. Hi, you Let's know? go do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 
And so it's just been a really pleasant experience that I didn't expect. I'm so pleasantly surprised by how nice people are here. Well, and I think you came at a good time too, because I mean, Kansas City's always been pretty cool, but I feel like it, there's, there's starting to be such a cool like food scene and yeah. breweries and distilleries and like different things you can do around town that mm-hmm. haven't always been there. So it's kind of, it's pretty cool. It's a yeah. good time to be in Kansas City. And then, well, you know, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, well, you know, <laughs> then there's also that, that small thing that I had mentioned previously called the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, I really couldn't pick a better time to be here. Hey! hey. Love it. This, this is what this podcast is really about. Just I appreciate it. I love any this. Like, any excuse to, like, have a drink on a weekday. Yeah, this is I mean, way more fun than other podcasts I've been on where yes. I had serious, you know? <laughs> we are not that serious. No, we are not. So I, I mean, appreciate we it. can be serious, but... Right. But then also, I then I'll, like, say something stupid all the time, constantly. <laughs> it's, my, it's my go-to. Totally fine. Appreciate it, for sure. Good. <laughs> um, do you have a charity that you want to highlight tonight? Yeah, so I actually talked to my mom about um, which one, I don't even know why I, I thought anything else, but I was like, Mom, which charity should I highlight? And she's like, you already know. Um, Alex Lemonade Stand is my absolute favorite yes. charity. Yes. Um, especially because, you know, the Scott family, Alex's family, um, they're now kind of working out of Philadelphia. So growing up in southeastern Pennsylvania, and I went to Temple, Mm-hmm. Um, Philly has always kind of been right there. You know, my family lives about 30, 40 minutes away from the city. Um, so that's always been a really big part of our existence. You know, every summer they run the Alex's Lemonade Stand telethon on all of the stations. And, you know, my mom sits there every year and I hate when it comes on because they share the story of Alex Scott and, um, you know, how brave she was at such a young age. But of course, like, I hate when it comes on because you know that you're in for an hour of crying. Right. <laughs> you're just, be prepared just, to cry. Exactly. So you're like, well, can't do anything after this because I'm going to like <laughs> ugly cry right now for the next hour or so. Um, yeah, just a brave, brave little girl. And um, just her courage to be able to look something in the face and be like, well, my ship has sailed, but I really want to help other people. Um, you know, and she would be roughly around my age at this point. Um, obviously she passed away when she was eight. Um, but just to see what that charity has done for kids with cancer, uh, you know, really, really is amazing. And so I cannot think of a better, I thought about a couple of other ones, but I'm like that. I love Alex's lemonade stand. And so that's always, no, that's a really, really good right. Yeah, it is. Right yeah. in front of my mind. Yeah. That's the oh. one. I feel, I feel sad already just thinking about it <laughs> yeah no we can't cry yet we can't cry yet no i know i uh, just kidding we can cry whenever we want on a couple episodes ago um that's i uh, remember when we were talking about uh i can't remember crap no. and i brought up but i brought up alex's lemonade stand. oh yes 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 because I, I, one of my kid does taekwondo, and one of the moms there is very involved with like setting stuff up here in the Northland for that. Mm-hmm. And she was just, I was talking to her one day, and I, I mean, it's just incredible. So yeah. I'm glad that you highlighted that one. It's yeah, that's, one. it's definitely my favorite. Um, I did that when I was in college every year, I would do the Alex Lemonade Stand 5K. 
um, in Fairmount Park. We just, you know, run around the, the park there in Philadelphia. And it was just so awesome to see so many people. You know, of course, you have to wear yellow. That's the point. Um, right. But it was just so, so rad to see um, how that community just really rallies. And of course, you know, it's, an, it's a nationwide charity. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, the, the telethon and they do the, the lemon ball and stuff. And so everyone shows up in yellow gowns and whatnot. So um, always just near and dear to my heart, that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm glad you did that one. Good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know um, that we've had one we didn't like, though. That's true. Yeah. How, how can you go wrong with the charity? You're right? like, no, I hate that charity. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I will say when, oh, sorry. I will say when um, they do the My Cause, My Cleats in the NFL. Uh-huh. Here, the Chiefs, totally normal charities. Um, you know, I didn't see any one of them that I was like, oh, that's that's strange. Um, yeah. The Bills <laughs> uh, have someone on their roster who decided to hit the Venison Donation Fund as his cause for his cleats. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like half thinking, like, what? Yeah. Like, hey, here's some deer judgy. meat. Just a wait. <laughs> yeah, it, it it it's very odd. But I'm like, what if I showed up and I had just like, this random charity like that? These people would be like, what? Huh? <laughs> Who's that for? Like your neighbor or? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. He he was a big outdoorsman, big hunter, and I guess um, the the program is to you know when you shoot game, you can donate it to people who need it. Oh, okay. Uh, that so it, it, it does okay. make sense, but when you see it, you know, next to right. like, like, Children's Hospital and, you know, <laughs> diabetes and, and all sorts of different right. awareness foundations, and then you see venison. And, You're like, and then it's like, I have deer jerky. Yeah, it's hey, like, oh, I take it back. Okay. <laughs> I take back the waste comment. That's not a yeah. waste. That's nice. Yeah, That's it nice. is nice, but, uh, you know, when you're looking at it, like I said, in the list, you're like, um, Okay. Uh, this is strange. <laughs> this is why we have our guests do their homework, though, because we kind of figured out fairly early on that Carly and I would not like uh, any badass lady that I highlighted. Highlighted would probably either be like sports or true crime. So ah. I like that that we've gotten so many different, and the same with charities. Like Good. we've gotten so many different things that are important to different people. It's it's been really cool to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love it all. Yeah. We changed that after the very first episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you mentioned um, growing up in Pennsylvania. So that's, yeah. that's one of our questions is just to have you tell us about growing up, what you did, where you were, what was going on. Yeah. Um, Growing up, I, you know, was born in 92, so 90s, typical 90s childhood. Um, Mom, dad still live in Pennsylvania, Um, moved around a little bit, but they live in the house that I was in since I think fourth grade. Um, So, you know, they're just, they're they're still there. It's the house that built me. Um, But yeah, really, really typical childhood. Um, I started watching sports when I was seven or eight. 
Uh, my grandfather had season tickets and would take his friends to the local ECHL game, like the, the same league that the Mavericks are in. Um, mm -hmm. We had a team back home called the Reading Royals, and um, he took me once, and I was a little hesitant. Man, not really a big fan. I mean, when I went to the Reading Phillies, which is the baseball team, that really didn't strike my fancy at all as a kid. You know, baseball's kind of boring if you don't quite grasp it. So I spent right. time at eating and, you know, all over the place. So <laughs> hockey, I was like, I've never really um, seen hockey except on TV. Like, I guess I'll go. Booked. Like, done. Um, his friends did not go. Uh, yeah, his friends did not go to, a, I don't think, another game after that. And that's um, cool. So that's, yeah, that's basically what I did as a kid is, you know, go to – a ton of sporting events with my grandpa. And then we started, you know, driving all around and we'd go up to Hershey or Wilkes-Barre Scranton to see AHL games, or we'd go to Philly to see the Phantoms, um, the Flyers, of course. So yeah, that was, I, I spent a lot of time road tripping with, with my grandpa. He was my bud. So That's cool. um, we don't do very many road trips now because I'm barely home and he's, old so we can't really hang but right. maybe, maybe when I go home we can go to another game at some point so so are those your teams like are you a Flyers girl um, and yeah I, and it's kind of weird um I am traditionally a, a Philly sports fan mm -hmm. but I think doing this job it kind of takes the fandom out of it you know um I love Sidney Crosby I love the Pittsburgh Penguins and and those teams that won the cups especially when they went back to back years and then when they won back to back I mean just to see that story so um I just I like to just say that I'm a sports fan but yeah you know if someone would ask oh what you know who your team is like yeah, yeah I'll watch the birds you know I'll, I'll yeah. watch the Flyers, and occasionally I'll watch the Sixers that was never really NBA has never really been my bag, but, you know, um, actually Phillies fan. But, again, it's just kind of a weird, meh, very casual at best type yeah. of relationship with, with Philadelphia sports. Because <laughs> I'm so, also, I'm, like, so in tune here with stuff that's going on here that it's yeah. hard to, you know, follow multiple teams when you're, when you're trying to follow the stuff here for work. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always wondered that about um, professional athletes as well. Like cause I'm such a huge sports fan for like my teams and I always yeah. wonder what that's like to um, be on a team that is not your team you grew up with. Yeah. If that's hard or if you just kind of adapt to it. So that makes sense though. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's a little bit of a, well, we'll watch them if they're on, but not a big deal if I miss a game cause right. You know, I, I've got other things to do. So yeah, yeah very weird relationship <laughs> nowadays with Philly sports, but Sorry. There's some Phillies very serious about their teams, though. <laughs> I know. It's okay. And that's, a, that's why I think I got along so well with Bill's Mafia when I was up there for, for so long because I was used to it, you know, right. being at home and, and growing up with that mentality. It was easy to kind of take it a step further and, you know, watch people just – throw themselves through tables and everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Bill's Mafia is the, they're amazing and they have amazing, amazing outlooks on life. And, you know, some of the stuff that they do in terms of fundraising and, and just mass fundraising for things is, is just the, 
the most incredible thing I've ever seen. I've never seen a community rally around things the way that they do. Um, when Andy Dalton, yeah, when the the whole the whole thing with like when uh, they made the playoffs, you know, you remember that, um, and the, the hail mary at the end. Mm -hmm. Bills Mafia just started flooding their charities with money, you know, in increments of 17, which was the, the number of years that they, the, the number of seasons they missed playoffs, you know, and everyone was starting to they were just racking up money. Um, and just like stuff like that is just really touching. Um, so yeah, they, they're not all crazy, but definitely, <laughs> definitely, uh, very let's call it, let's, let's hey, call it I that. mean, I, I understand that passion. I mean, that's like, and we've got some pretty passionate people here too. So oh, yeah. yes. I've been tailgating before. I know people <laughs> line up to get in at like three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, they do. It's it's not now, I don't see that. Like <laughs> I, you know, I go in and I, I am away from it, but yeah, you could look down and the whole thing is just yeah. covered in intense. And it's really fun stuff. as long as it's not freezing. Yeah, that's not oh. my jam at all. Yeah, I don't, I do not blame you on that one. I wouldn't want to say no one is freezing either. Well, they make us for work, you know, obviously right. we're there like shivering for our live shots, but I go straight inside the second I can. I cannot imagine people just standing out there voluntarily for fun. <laughs> right. No, that's not fun. I'm not a big fan of cold. Mm -mm. So, um, I, it sounds like your grandpa was like an enormous influence for you growing up. Yeah. Did you have any women that influenced you quite a bit when you were a child? Yeah. Um, or even like just you, growing up in general, not just like as a child, but yeah. Um, my mom is, she's also a super badass lady. Um, she works in radio. And so um, she was able to really kind of get me the connections and things that I needed to you know, figure out whether or not this was for me. But she also um, really, really encouraged me to go out and and do this. You know, it, it kind of seemed, and I had a couple teachers tell me like, oh, well, that, you know, that kind of seems like a pipe dream. Um, maybe you should have a backup, you know, uh, of what you want to do. Because being on TV, that's, that's really difficult. It's really hard to do. And, you know, you you might want to go for something a little more um, substantial and, and guaranteed. My mom didn't, none of it, you know what I mean? That there was no other option here. And she just really, she recognized that I didn't have a safety net and I didn't want to do anything else in life. And she, instead of, you know, echoing those sentiments, she really just let me do what I wanted. Um, and, and she is, an awesome role model, you know, because she is, she kills it at work. You know, she's just like superwoman all the time. So yeah, her and, you know, my coaches are same thing, like just very, very supportive people. Um, really, really great people to look up to and, and kind of bounce leadership ideas off of and stuff. So yeah. Um, it's weird because it's one of those things. It's like, you don't, you, I, yes, there were celebrities that I, liked but really you know my main role models were the people just every day around me that were just doing great things and just encouraging me and um you know i just hope to be like half as successful as they were so yeah, yeah. 
What sports do you play? Oh, I play field hockey. Yeah, um, I know. So strange. Like I'm, I'm six feet tall. I, somebody should have been like, girlfriend, you need to pick up a basketball or like a volleyball or something. But field hockey is so big in Pennsylvania. Like yeah. my mom played, my grandma played. You know, so it's like I wanted to play too. Um, but yeah, in hindsight, that was really dumb, man. I should have like done something, something different. But it's okay. It, I had fun. I, I mean, wasn't planning on like being a professional athlete. athlete. Yeah, like, I, like we're, it's okay. It's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight definitely should have done something else. Maybe lacrosse. I love lacrosse as you know a fan, but they didn't offer it when I was there. Um, it lacrosse wasn't big, especially girls lacrosse wasn't big in that area. So um, I was kind of out of luck there. Otherwise, I probably would have played that. But yeah, not the best sport choice. It's fine. And I was a mascot too. It's <laughs> fun. Yeah. Yeah. I actually went to college and everything. Uh, thanks to this uh, little gig that I decided to do. Shut up. Wait. Yeah. So my field hockey coach in high school, it's like, I'll pay you 20 bucks to get in. We, it was, we, so I went to Muhlenberg high school. We were the Muhlenberg mules. <laughs> like a donkey costume. Right. And, um, Super. <laughs> yeah. It was so, so that was, that was bad. Um, but you know, I, she's like, I'll pay 20 bucks to get in that costume. Like, that'd be so funny. Sure. Okay. Coach get in it. I actually had a blast at the football game, you know, total fun just over there. I thought I was just being a substitute, you know? So I was just having a ball doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And someone in the stands happened to work for the Reading Phillies, which is the, uh, double a baseball team in the area. They're like, Hey, um, we have five mascots every game. And like, you want to do this and get paid for it? We'll start you at $12 an hour. And you know, as a kid, you're like, yeah, $12 an hour. Sure. So, um, started doing that and then started picking up other mascot gigs and stuff. And, um, you know, the appearance money is great. It's like 50 bucks to do an appearance and you just stand on the side of the road at a bank and like dance or whatever for an hour, 50 bucks. Sure. You know, no problem. That's um, kind of so, yeah. Right. So when it was time to come to college, um, when I had already decided on Temple for its journalism program and stuff, um, but you know, I, I hooked up with their athletic department and just kind of sent a couple emails and a, you know a little reel of me, like a highlight reel of me doing stuff, and they called me in orientation and but handed me the gig and it was half scholarship, so I got seven thousand dollars a semester. Nice. <laughs> To, yeah, to be the mascot in college for football and basketball. Yeah, so that's so awesome. <laughs> some people get full rides, man. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. I just assumed I had no idea that they they handed out scholarships for that. Oh yeah, it's the dumbest. I mean, I always say it's like it, this is the dumbest way to earn a scholarship. Like I'm I'm there like hanging out, just like dancing and grooving at a basketball game, and they're paying me a ton of money. Yeah, but in I my like education to do so. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I have an ESPN commercial. Like it's kind of like a, you know? a DJ. I feel like yeah. if you're at a wedding and it has a shit DJ, you don't have as much fun. But if you Exactly. And it's the same with a mascot. Like, you do have to, like, be able to somewhat entertain people. <laughs> yeah. To make it funner for people, so. Yeah. You know? um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it was very, like, strange 
niche thing and we all were like this like weird little like philadelphia mafia of mascots <laughs> like we would all go out and hang out together and no one around would know that it was you know swoop from the eagles and the fanatic and stuff like and me hanging out you know we're just like normal so people yeah um one of my the guy who was director scarlet knight when i was in temple at temple is gritty now really what yeah so like <laughs> i know everybody it's it's insane just weird little like mascot community is just super inclined. well that's funny because it literally just started as your coach being like hey you want to make 20 bucks yeah like i've always kind of wanted to be a mascot but right. you know i never really took it seriously and she's like just do it like are you just, just go so if you were a donkey, was there somebody else in there with you? Or did you do no, all of it? No, the donkey was was like, a, it stood upright, like a normal oh, mascot. Okay. It wasn't like a two-person. I'm picturing like a costume where you have like two people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my goodness, that would have been horrible. No, it it, it would have definitely been. That's why I was like, I, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. I wouldn't have done it if that were the case. No, it was just an upright, you know, meal suit. It's kind of like cute in a weird little ratchet way because it was, you know. <laughs> like a high school mascot. So it's probably not the greatest quality, but it was weirdly cute. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah. I'm kind of fond of donkeys, so it's okay. Yeah. It, it was all right. It, it wasn't bad. <laughs> well, okay. So you, you went to temple for journalism. Yeah. Um, when did you decide that you wanted to do that, that you were going to be on TV and you're going to, do what you do um so I was on the morning announcements in sixth grade and but it really kind of took off in eighth grade um when I when I sat in and had a couple conversations with people and you know I knew all uh, you would ask me hey who's leading you know local ECHL team in, in goals well I knew that I knew who was leading in assist and penalty minutes and this and that and the other thing and who got sent up and who got sent down and well this guy's leading the entire league though he's on the other team so it was just kind of like a, a weird passion project. And, um, you know, I was asked to think about what I wanted to do as a job, you know, in eighth grade, I guess it was like a career day or whatever. And, you know, I, I had to think about that. And I was like, well, what am I good at? And what do I really like? And I love sports and I loved entertainment. Um, and, you know, I thought about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm horrible at math. Like I am the person who absolutely like, girl, thank you. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> I am not the only one. I use a calculator <laughs> for everything. I am so bad at math. Um, and the only reason like how I can figure out tips is like, okay, the first number two for every 10, like $2 for every 10 that you spend. It's like, okay, like that, <laughs> that's how bad I am at math. So um, that was out. Science was okay, um, not a, terrible at chemistry because it's kind of math. It's math, right? Um, math. Yeah. So I, you know, my my strong suits were English language arts. I really liked history as well, um, but really English was out of you know out of the park type of that. That was always my strong suit, and so I it just was kind of a natural wedding of those those two elements of my life. And I was like, well, I can go into communications and I can, you know, work in sports or, or work in entertainment or, or whatever. So, um, and like I said, there was really no other option. Um, but I also had really great people around me 
Um, when I was in 10th grade, I job shadowed at said ECHL team. And they were like, hey, you want to go down and do the interviews? Like, you want to do that? And sure. Like, I'm in 10th grade. Okay. <laughs> like, I'll go down and interview uh, the players. Yeah, I do. <laughs> right. But it's one of those things that it, it gave me awesome experience so that I already knew going into freshman year that this is something that I like and that I, I know that I'm good at because, you know, they, they had allowed me to get that experience before I even paid a dime for its tuition. So, um, yeah, it, it really just kind of was something I always, you know, since I was a kid, I always wanted to do this. That what is cool so awesome. Though. Yeah. I feel I like mean, you, like, had some of the coolest experiences, <laughs> like. Yeah, like, at yeah. such a young age. And yeah, so, yeah. I, like I said, it was just, like, a no-brainer for me when I actually had the, ta- the you know, to pick my major and, and pick a college because it's, like, I, people around me were so supportive and, and, you know, even the general manager of that organization was so nice and, and he reached out to my mom. He's, like, your kid knows stuff, man. Like, I have no doubt she's going to make it. Like, don't worry about her, you know, not that my mom ever had any doubts that I would be successful, but you know what I mean? Like, it's a scary thing to tell your, you know, to go and let your kid be a journalist instead of having her go into, you know, something a little safer. So that's so cool though. I know. That's amazing. Really great. Yeah. So like once you got to college, did you, I mean, was it just a smooth transition? Cause you just, I mean, was there any struggle, I mean, in that kind of really getting into it or just no. like you said, that experience just kind of helped you fly right through? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, actually I felt like, I know this sounds really the opposite of everything else. I think college was easier than high school. Um, cause high school, like, you know what I mean? Like you're up at seven o'clock in the morning every day and you're staying there till three o'clock. And it's like nonstop learning. And you have 55, I was in everything, you know, as a kid, I was like in all three courses that they offered. And I was, you know, the treasure of the Spanish club and I was in national honor society and I was the captain of the field hockey team. And so like I'm constantly just all over the place. Can't drive. Cause like most <laughs> of the time in high school, you know, you got to right. rely on poor mom. So poor Michelle, God bless her. She was just carting me around to, everywhere all the time early morning practices and then pick me up and then of course after field hockey practice that ends at five I came home ate like a maniac and then had to be back for a football game you know because I was a stupid mascot right it it was just absolutely an insane way to grow up but when I got to college you know and I only had a couple commitments it seemed like a cakewalk in comparison to like living the crazy lifestyle that I was in, in high school. Um, and academically I, I felt like I was really prepared and I had very little, you know, struggle there as well, which is actually like pretty remarkable. And I, like I said, I'm super blessed, um, you know, to have had a great support system and great teachers in high school and, and growing up that I, I felt college was really great. Um, also like I was bullied in high school sometimes, um, yeah, girls are horrible. Yeah. Um, as we <laughs> talked about previously with like the, the weird hattiness that can go on in, in my industry yeah. now, you know, and that was always kind of there. And so when I got to college, I was like, man, I'm so done. I did not cry at high school graduation. Like, I was out. I was ready. Yeah. Um, and I loved Temple so much. Um, you know, those four years were absolutely an incredible experience. So, like living in Philadelphia, 
Come on now. I have never been to Philadelphia. Oh, it's great, man. Me I give you no, the best cheesecake recommendations. Come on, I hit me up when you go. In Pennsylvania. <laughs> ah, yeah. well, Philly and Pittsburgh, great, great places to visit. You got to go. It sounds so fun. I've never even been to the East Coast, so it's weird. Ah, see, well, I mean, I guess that's not as weird because the first time I was, <laughs> the first time I was in the Midwest was when I moved here. So, oh my God. <laughs> You're like, I am here. What yeah. the hell am I? Yeah. And, you know, of course, everyone was like making fun of me and they're like, oh, yeah, fly over country queen. That's what you are now. Um, but, you know, now I get the last laugh because Kansas City is so affordable and just a really, really great town. Like I, I describe it to my friends back home. I'm like, it is the authenticity of a Buffalo or a Philly with the, the layout and like just charm of like a Nashville. Um, Cause everyone is just so nice and so kind, but they, they're genuine about it. It's not like how you see down South where it's like the bless your heart and they'll go and talk shit about you like right away. You know, like they are, people are genuinely nice here. I can't describe it to anyone. And you know, Oh, oh, talking to people back home, they're like, what? Like, for no reason? Do they know you? I'm like, no, people just stop and say hi. I know it's the weirdest thing. No, they're just nice to your they're face. They're nice. Like, I can't, I can't describe it. They're just really, really nice, and they mean it. They mean that shit, too. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I I love it so much. And like the scary thing is, is I, you know, I've always said that I wanted to go back home at some point in my career. And I know that I know now four people who have told me from either from each coast, you know, West coast and East coast, but three of them are from the East coast. One is from the West coast. They move home and they hate it. Cause they're like, what? This is not, this is not how I remember things. Like I hate it here. And they move back here. <laughs> And so they're like, Kansas City, it's going to get under your skin, I promise you. I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) Am I going to hate the place I grew up? Maybe. Yeah, you won't hate it. You'll just like it less. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it'll probably be nostalgic, right? But maybe just, you've moved on, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I think, I don't know. This staggering amount of people who have moved here, and then gone to try to live at home, what their goal was, and then came back. I'm like, oh man, yeah, this, I might be a lifer. Who knows by the end of this? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, so, like, when you go into it, you know, and you're doing broadcasting and you have your degree and you have all this stuff, like, what's the ultimate goal for, for you to have? I mean, because I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I don't know either anymore. Um, again, like I said just now, my, my goal was always to make it home to Philadelphia um, by the time I was 30 years old. So the way that things are structured for anyone who doesn't know is um, there's about close to 300 television markets, right? New York starts as number one, Los Angeles number two, so on and so forth until you get to like wherever, West Virginia at the bottom, you know, um, and you, you don't start in the top markets first. You have to kind of climb that ladder. So um, my first job, I actually was blessed enough to stay in Pennsylvania. My first job, I worked in a place called the Lehigh Valley. I don't, you know, I don't, 
think too many people know, but if you're familiar with like Lehigh University and Lafayette College, that's where they, that's where that is. Um, and I started at $12 an hour. Like literally like what I was making as a math <laughs> is what I got paid. Um, and I was technically a freelancer. So they would work me full-time hours, but they didn't give me benefits or anything, you know, that type of like craziness. Um, and then after two years there, I had enough material to send it to different stations. Ended up in Rochester, New York um, for $33,000 a year. Um, which is it's better than $12 an hour. Yeah. I like when you, when you added it up, I worked full-time hours and I only came out to make 19 five at that job a year. Yeah. It was absolutely terrible, but I lived with my best friend. She also worked at the same place. We graduated temple together. Um, and so we, we were literally two broke girls like <laughs> in this apartment in Lehigh Valley. Um, but in Rochester, same thing. Like I, you know, I always wanted to go home to Philly, but now when I came here, once it's kind of one of those things, I think it's also like a maturity older type of situation where your priorities are changing, you know, and I, I really like the fact that I don't get stuck in traffic here. And I really like the fact that it's an affordable place to live and I can have a nice apartment and not have to worry about, you know, eating for the rest of the week because it's not like completely clearing out my budget, you know? Um, so that type of thing, I'm like, well, you know, maybe I don't want to go home where everything's so expensive and traffic is insane. And you know, maybe I don't want to live in the hustle and bustle of the city. So I really don't know. Um, it's just one of those things where I'm, gonna wait and see what train stops at my station and we'll go from there but right now you know I, I'm here for at least three years um, that's the length of my contract so I'm not worried about it and we'll just we'll see we'll see where the wind carries me so yes. I don't really I don't have an answer for like what the ultimate goal is because I I don't know I just want to be happy I mean that's a great ultimate right. goal actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be happy and feel fulfilled and be able to like pay my bills and live comfortably and like that that is that so whatever that entails so be it yeah, yeah. um so through all this stuff and moving and the different markets and all that stuff what's your dating life like oh girl <laughs> not not existent um it, it's kind of nice though because uh you know i was in a very serious relationship in Rochester and things just really went south. And I, I don't think that he intended to be that way, but he was just like super insecure human being. Um, you know, everyone is so excited. Oh my God, you do sports and you're on the news and stuff, but it, it is a weird, intimidating job and it, it's long hours. And, you know, it, it really takes a special person to be able to be okay with kind of taking a back seat to, all of this craziness and I recognize that but um you know if you're not that person and you know you're working a job while someone else has a career that can you know that mismatch can be really problematic you know moving forward and so it, it just really didn't work out and you know I thought that that might have been the person that I you know my, my person totally wrong <laughs> um, and that's, you know, that is okay as well. But yeah. for a while there, I was just like, I'm just going to do me and just deal with me and just like live my best life. 
with the contract that I have left here in Rochester because I knew my time was coming up. So I just like wanted to spend it with like my my people. Right. Um, right. So I, I you know I kind of cooled it um, on dating and now here I don't have no time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, finally, I have time to go out and go to bars or like go meet people. And this happens, and it's just like bad luck, Freeland. Um, but that's okay. I so I actually have been um, dating in quarantine, like on Hinge or whatever. Yeah. Um, this this guy and I. Now he is actually he went back to be with his family in San Francisco, like right before you know they shut the travel thing down. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we we Facetime occasionally, but like that is the. It is not, it is not great, but you know, that's okay. It will, it will happen when it is meant to happen. Can't yeah. force those things. Otherwise, and you end up in bad situations, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's not great, but I'm, I'm young. Yeah. I'm 27. So it's not like a, a need that I need to have right now. Yeah. You've got time. Um, yeah. I've got time. And like, to be honest, I would rather be by myself for like the rest of my life than be like, like I said, stuck in a situation. Oh, for sure. Fully yeah. happy. Oh yeah. You know, like I don't want to need somebody. I want to like electively be there. Yeah. So like I, I, I want to actively choose to be there. So if it, it's fine, not worse than that. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm. yeah. No, no, but a lot of people do. So, well, yeah, but I think I feel like Carly and I say this a lot on this podcast, but we say things like, it's become a discussion or like it's now okay for women to be single yeah. and to just like focus on their career for a while. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like not necessarily get married at 19 or okay. That's probably. Well, yeah, I, I, but I understand what I understand what you're saying. You but you know what I mean? Like, like I just married, like shortly after college, your sweetheart. And yeah. like, that's fine if you want to do that. But it's like, it's also Absolutely. totally okay. to just like live your best life with no screaming children in the house and no man, baby husband that you need to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I do. Why, why are you describing my quarantine life? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, that's, why, that's why you have to hide with the eight bottles of wine that you found. Right. Um, Those are mine. That's my stash. <laughs> my man, baby husband. <laughs> so, like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm good right now. We're, you know, making friends and, and just, you know, trying to find my footing and existence in Kansas City. Someone's not happy. Dude, Carly, I... this bitch. <laughs> I genuinely was like, what the hell is going on with Carly? Because I didn't see Jasper. <laughs> He's being a podcast. Oh, that little shit. Out of there. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> He's cute. And an so we've, Breland, we've talked about how sometimes women haven't always been supportive to you. Yeah. Um, and even like in your career at times, like the people, the women around you, but, um, have you found that it's, have you experienced that, like the boys club in your field big time uh, or have you yeah. been fortunate or, but the thing is, take you is, seriously? yeah. So here's like the, the weird part. Um, you'd think as you get into bigger markets, the competition is bigger 
Um, and so you think that you would you would face it here, you know what I mean? Like especially like covering the Chiefs, like right. I, I figured like you know you got to bring your A game or you're not going to be taken seriously at all. Like you got to know everything in and out. Like uh, the offensive linemen blood types from like <laughs> 1970s. You know, like like I, I had no idea. But really truthfully, now that I have been in this industry for six years, I find that it's a it's actually the the smaller market you go, the worse it is. Hmm. So like Rochester was really kind of a boys club, especially like in the in the Buffalo media room um at the Bills. It I mean there it'll be 50 people in there and two women. You know, and no black people, like no sense of minority, right? Um, so I, my dad is black and my mom is white, and so like I always felt like odd man out, odd woman out for both purposes because it's like you have right. no diversity whatsoever in in either way. Um, everybody, uh, you know, everyone was white and everyone was a dude, and like same type of like middle aged to old dude, like no, no, no sort of variety at all right and the same thing in my first market too it was just like and especially because i was so young coming out of college you know i graduated in may was hired in august and so like my first boss would call me and be like hey kid i'm like i'm not your kid dude you like you i don't like it's just really weird type of mentality of not being taken seriously and you know whenever i had a good idea about things constant like shut down type of issue because I, I I didn't know, you know. Um do you think that's do you think that was just because you were young or do you think that it was also the woman side of things? I think because it was both. Um uh, like I'll like, never forget but how can you have good ideas if you also have a vagina? I mean come yeah, on. Like how can you think? Are you sure you're not emotional? Are you yeah. sure? Um and I've heard the same things for like my friends in the industry. They tell me like their first like couple markets were like the same type of issues, you know, um, just like horrible men who've been in, but you also have to understand that, you know, middle-aged men who are working in market, you know, 200, that's not a good thing that you, right. that you were there forever. You know, that's not the goal. That's not how you make money. And you're, you're covering small peanut teams, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I also feel like there's this like weird, um, insecurity factor that plays into it. It's like, oh, she's young. She's on like, like we've been here forever. But it's like, yeah, that that's not my goal. I don't want to work in this market forever. I want to go and and cover the NFL or, or right. you know, cover the NHL. And you're here covering high schools your whole life. Like, I don't right. want to do that. Um, and so, again, there's nothing wrong with that if that is your goal. But to treat somebody else nasty that's new on the scene. That's just like a weird. Yeah. But that's what I think it is. It's like just insecurity of like. Well, yeah, because I mean, if they're if they if their goal if that was not their goal when they started out, I can see right. how there would I can see how there would possibly be resentment. But at the like same old time, and bitter. Like, yeah, it's not your fault. Yeah, it's they not aren't. my problem. Yeah. yeah, but I I found that a lot. You know, my first two markets were just like really weird. Um, I'll never forget. You know, I have a friend who plays professional lacrosse. Well, and I have a ton of friends who play professional lacrosse, but originally, um, you know, one of my really good friends in college played for the NLL, which is a national lacrosse league. And that's kind of how I discovered the sport and, and really fell in love with it. Um, 
But I remember I was at a lacrosse game. You know, I know lacrosse because I, I follow it as a fan. And right. I, you know, I remember saying, oh, yeah, he got a hat trick. There's no hat tricks in lacrosse. I'm like, of course there's hat tricks in lacrosse. But I wasn't taken seriously because, like, I was the young girl, and they just thought they knew everything. Um, here, completely different story. I feel so respected here. Um, there's so many people of different colors and races and, and genders, you know, in a media room at any given time here. There's so many women that are employed in the Kansas City media, which is so rad. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's just a completely different vibe from like the first two markets that I was in. And it, it's such a refreshing thing to see and, and be a part of. That's so cool. Yeah. Kansas City is great when it comes to that. Like I felt right at home right away. Also because people were like really nice to me off the bat, and I didn't have to like prove that I knew things. They were just, they imagine that respected you because you were a working professional and you were hired to do a job and you were doing your job well. Like, yay. It's insane. (laughs) It's that's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, not easy, but Mm -hmm. Um, you know, again, I am just so blessed to, to be part of what is going on here. And I think I have a better appreciation for everything that goes on here because I've dealt with, you know, that bullshit before. So yeah, kind of makes it a little sweeter. I'm glad Kansas City's better for you. Oh, man. Yeah, me so, too. It's so great. Yeah, it's so great. People are so nice. Again, genuinely nice. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I was going to ask, okay, so we're in this uh, plague situation and you're um, a broadcast journalist. Uh, Do you have to do your stuff from home now? What's, what's going on with that? Yeah. So um, kind of, so when I go, I go into anchor still, so you'll see me at the set like normal, but um, we're still practicing social distancing at, um, at the station. So, you know, like we're all kind of apart and, whatnot and we're able to do broadcasts from there because my set the locker room set that you see on tv is in a completely different part of the building as the regular studio so an anchor or a weather person can be in the studio while i am in a completely different part and like not touching or around or coughing on anybody um but yeah a lot a lot of my work is done from home um right here at this sofa um I have interviewed the Mavericks' new head coach from my sofa. I talked to the uh, all of the K-State football staff from my sofa. A um, couple NFL draft prospects from the sofa. sofa. It's, just, it's very, very strange and like such an odd um, such an odd time to live in, but it's actually kind of cool because it's like, you guys like my pillows or what? Like, (laughs) welcome to my home. Hi. Hello. Basically what you're saying is in, is, is that we're in some pretty cool company. (laughs) You on your sofa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You guys are in my home. So (laughs) here I am. Yeah. Thanks thanks for having me in here. It's been, yeah, it's been strange. Um, but I think that it's really cool to just kind of see how technology has, has evolved. And the fact that I'm, this right now is probably going to change the face of news as we know it, you know, mm-hmm. um, moving forward and, and, and how we conduct day-to-day business and, and what a newscast looks like. 
Um, and so I think it's really cool to see the industry changing right in front of me, you know, um, because it doesn't happen often where you live through something that is a historical moment, you know? Right. Um, so it, it's been a weird, um, adjustment, but it's, like I said, it's been like kind of interestingly fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I get to see what my cats do all day, which I have no idea because I'm always away. Right. I like, I feel like my dogs, I, I can't tell if they really, really like it or if they're just like, <laughs> uh, you're interrupting my nap. Yeah. I think the cats are a little bit um, annoyed because I'm, yeah. you know, I'm home making, I'm making noise and stuff and they sleep like a million hours a day. Right. And so me being home all the time is very disruptive to them, especially the one, the wind blows the wrong way and it ruins her week. So like me <laughs> being home, disrupting her feng shui of like life is oh, not, you are not messing up her cat life. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, she doesn't just like live rent free and get fed and everything else. Oh, like no, no. that's not enough. She has to have it just a certain way. And the, the rent paying individual who is here, it cannot be here all the time. It's, no. not, it's not okay. But I usually don't see my cat most of the day because uh, she does not, first of all, she doesn't want to be bothered. Second of all, we just got a new puppy and she's real pissed off about it. Well, yeah, that's again, <laughs> ruin. You've ruined her month I, now. I yeah. He's real so. pissed. <laughs> yeah. They're very particular creatures, but very misunderstood <laughs> as well. I'm a big cat person. So. Oh, I love my cat. She's nice. Yeah. They're to very me. misunderstood creatures. Yeah. Everyone always like assumes like dogs are way to go, which I like dogs. I grew up with dogs my whole life, but I don't have time to take care of a dog. And it's a difference between like a toddler and a teenager, you know? Right. So, um, big cat person right now, maybe in, in time I will, have the uh, commitment level to deal with a dog, but probably we'll just end up like maybe going with a kid. Like who knows, you know, we don't know. We the same type of commitment level there. Right. Like constantly. Yeah. Constant. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm good. I'm good on the dogs for right now. I don't have the time. <laughs> so got my two cats. I only wanted one. And then my best friend found my youngest one in a wheel well of a tire. So like we couldn't say no. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't tell her no. You know. Like I saw that little face, and I was like, "Oh, she lives. She lives in Pennsylvania." But this was when I was living in Rochester. Sent me a picture, like a Snapchat, and she was like, "Hi, I just found this in the wheel well of our work truck. Do you want it?" And I couldn't say no. No, like, throw that cat aside, please. Yeah, like, look at that dumb little face. Like, I'm not gonna say no to that. <laughs> so now I have to, and it actually works out well because then. Um, I've noticed like they're, they are both still destructive, but the destructive level has definitely gone down because now they can like play with each other all day instead of, you know, um, what is that? What is that saying? Like idle hands are devil's playground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100% true. Like my shit would always be like off of everything, <laughs> like broken stuff all the time. But now that they're together, like it, the, the damage has definitely become minimal in comparison to how it used to be. So, um, I'm actually quite happy that I have two animals. <laughs> They're, yeah, they need oh, entertainment. Oh, shit, hang on a second, guys. I'm sorry. What the fuck? Um, Bashad Breland was just arrested. What? Oh! It's like... It's, oh, this is like off-season every year. 
someone they, gets like, arrested. Something happens. Now the bills always like, I was just talking about this the other day. It's like always kind of like a fun, not like a fun arrest, but like weird shit all the time. Like Zay Jones being naked in the hallway, fighting his brother and like kicking the, <laughs> kicking the window. Um, and then uh, we had, by the way, feel free to use this. I don't care. Um, the water park. Um, <laughs> Marcel Darius was arrested twice within a month span. Like, like stupid stuff. For like, one for like drag racing through oh like the streets of Buffalo, Hamburg, which is like a suburb of Buffalo. Like real dumb stuff. Like nine out of ten times the Bills like always had some sort of like really just dumb arrest that you're like, really? Why are you taking a gun into a water park dog? <laughs> like, like, really? Whereas here, I mean, that's not like a, that, that's obviously not as slightly entertaining to tell, but um, yeah. It, it, Who was it time. that just got arrested, though? Huh? Who was it that just got arrested? Uh, Bashad Breland, the cornerback for the uh. Um, Yeah, not great. No, not, not great. great. He should be okay. It doesn't seem like a whole, like, he didn't get a DUI. It doesn't appear. Um, uh, you know, he, he wasn't charged like driving under in, impairment. He just right. had possession of weed. Um, they should be all right. They should be fine. Fine. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. But like off season, I mean, I like Sean McDermott at the Bills, like flat out said he's like, yeah, the, I, I'm a little sweaty. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Off-season is always the worst time for coaches because they're home, like, they don't have any commitments, and they just, like, do dumb stuff. Like, please stop doing dumb shit. Yeah, it's please. Like really, but as long as, as long as it's just, like, mundane things, if somebody's getting, you know, somebody's getting arrested, like, have it be that instead of, you know, like, an actual real serious thing. Right. Because um, no one wants to deal with that. But, yeah, you're, you're always, you're always good for, like, one or two arrests. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Just not great. I feel like it happens just constantly though. Oh yeah. Um, it, it's part of it, you know, and you just kind of sit there and just like wait for the notification. To come through. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's so much structure in professional sports that like, I, I totally understand. Like, I don't mind, like, I don't want them to, to drink and drive or something stupid yeah. like that. No, like, of course not. I don't give a shit if they smoke weed or I don't even give a shit if they're running down the highway naked. I don't care. <laughs> don't yeah. hurt yourself. Don't yeah. hurt anybody else. Don't hurt, right. anybody. Um, don't hurt yourself. Don't do something that could like change someone's life in a horribly drastic way. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, any sort of like serious stuff, but that's the thing. It, it's like, um, <laughs> There's so know. much stuff that actually does happen that's, you know, like legitimately serious in the league. Right. Um, in terms of like domestic violence and things like that. Yeah. But it's like yep. this type of stuff. I'll, I'll do this all day. Like, fine. You know, well, whatever. Fine. Um, fight your no brother money. naked in a hallway. Who cares? Yeah. Fight your brother. <laughs> it's not, it's totally. It's your fight brother. Your brother. <laughs> um, yeah, that, oh man, that was just. And that came in real late too. Like I remember like being in bed and roll it over and like my phone just started blowing up. I'm like, what is going on? And it's like, Oh my God, Zay Jones. I'm like, well, what did he do? Cause Zay as a person is like super, um, just like very respectful, very kind of quiet in the locker room. Um, 
So I had no idea that he, like, of all people in that locker room, that is not the person that I expect to just like wild out, you know? Um, it's like, does weed one time, you know? I, no, I don't does know weed one time fights his brother what? naked in a hallway. I have, I have approximately one weed. I had one weed and now I'm all fucked up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, is it hard for you though? Like as a woman in this, field is it hard i mean have you been close to a player that's been involved in the domestic violence stuff like is that hard for you yeah um actually like LaShawn mccoy and i are, are pretty decent friends um and that was really difficult especially because um in my opinion it it wasn't that was a little bit of a shady business, you know, with that. And I am, I am always the first to believe a woman, but when details started coming out and when you heard the audio call of LaShawn two weeks earlier being like, Hey, I, you know, I'm calling you guys because I want this person out of my house. And I, I just want to let you guys know, like, I don't want any trouble. Like I, I just, I want to get her out. And it, like, there were certain things that were contradicting and you know, it was, it was, but regardless of whether he did it or didn't do it, um, it was just really difficult to watch because it's somebody that I, um, had a certain impression of, you know, and, yeah. and we are still friends, you know, uh, there's no evidence that he did do it, but there's also like, you know, he, he could have. So, yeah. um, it was just, it was a really difficult thing because, you know, it, you don't want to think someone who you have such a great relationship with is capable of of doing something yeah. like that. Um, well, and I feel like that is, a, that is kind of like a gray area because when you do care about somebody, like that, there is a certain level of, I don't know if grief is the word, or just like sadness over that because yeah. you do, like, especially like for me, I always, I always go to believing the woman first because like, yeah. I think that's what needs to happen. You know, but it is that would be hard. You yeah, know, and it, it's you know, it's you would never think that exactly. Um, it's just somebody that I just didn't think was you know capable, and you, you see it all the time. You know, yeah. I, at going to Temple and feeling you know, we had a couple of different issues come up at Temple, and some people were you know completely not guilty, and there was evidence to prove that. Um, but still, you know, no matter what, like oh my god, I remember there was a guy who played at temple and it ended up coming out that like he was running a prostitution ring. And it's like, I know this person, like this person has been in my home and it, it, like underage girls too. Like not just, uh, yeah, not just yeah. like a, like a Ooh. something like kind of minor. I mean, not that frost, like running a prostitution ring is like minor, but you know what I mean? Like it was literally like underage girls too. And it's just somebody I had no idea. Like that person has been in my home. You know, it was in my apartment. Uh, and it's like, you just yeah. feel nasty afterwards, yeah. you know? It's like, I... I was friends with that person and they are totally I thought you were somebody up. that you're not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they're good at, though. That's the, that's the thing that I think that a lot of people who've not known somebody that has done something wrong like that... Yeah like drastically wrong, not just like a little thing, like a horrible thing. I, I think like 
people that have not known somebody like that and don't have an ability to put themselves in somebody else's shoes, that they don't understand that they fool almost everyone around them. Like that's what they're good at doing. And, and you know, I, I had this conversation. So my previous coworker, I love him because he didn't understand things, but he didn't think, you know, uh, that way until I started kind of forcing him to do, I was the first person that he worked with in terms of like being a female and, you know, being a minority as well. And so a lot of things, you know, he grew up very affluent, white guy, you know, went to private school, Catholic school his whole life. And then, you know, um, ended up going to Marquette, which is, you know, a Jesuit university. And so it's kind of a certain lifestyle and he wasn't really exposed to a ton of different people and things like that. And, um, you know, he would ask me questions and they weren't being, um, like he wasn't being a jerk about it. Like he would seriously ask like, Hey, I don't understand what the deal is with Brett Kavanaugh. Like he didn't rape her like, and it happened so long ago. Like, like, why is this all coming out now? Like, why did she wait so long? And I, I told him, I was like, listen, like almost everybody that I know as a woman has had some sort of something awful happen to them, whether, you know, it, it, I mean, people were inappropriate to me in college and like people were inappropriate to my friends in college and things. And it doesn't necessarily have to be rape per se, but it can be just like things that make you feel like this guy's a scumbag, you know? And when you see somebody in such a position of power making moves and, and making, uh, you know, decisions for other people in this country and being placed in that position and you know that they're capable of that, you want to, you want to say something. And so it was just like a weird awareness that I'm like, wow, people really don't understand that if they've never gone through it or like don't put themselves in other people's shoes. Um, and so it, it just, it was just very kind of jarring to me to, to see that, yeah, there are people who are genuinely good people who just don't understand or, you know, I think, um, in this country right now, cause it's, there's just, I mean, it's basically a shit show. Um, <laughs> I good think, summary. yeah, I think, and I'm guilty of it. Like I get, I get real fired up. I get angry when people want to be assholes. Like I, you know, but there are, but because there's just so many people out there that are like not great. I think the people that are just genuinely, they really just genuinely want to understand and they, and they don't understand. Yeah. They're not always allowed to ask those questions um, in almost an innocent way. Like they're not, Right. Really, they don't understand. They want to understand. So I, you know, I'm trying to back myself up and like, you know, take a step back and be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, you know, some people are just genuinely clueless, you know, and, yeah. and that's okay. They that should ask those questions. A lot of times that comes along with that privilege. Yeah. And you know, and, and you, you are clueless about certain things like, you know, the race inequality and, um, you know, like that type of stuff had to be explained as well. And it's okay because he was genuinely, I know him as a person. He's a great guy. It's just, he was genuinely clueless. And I feel like 
this was his safe space to ask. So I think it's important, you know, to have those conversations that without being aggressive or without being, you know, understandably it's a, it's a passionate, like hot topic type of thing. And, um, you know, when it's a hot button issue, tempers do seem to flare, but I, I always like try to remind myself if that person is not coming at me with any type of malice or anything like that is important for me to painstakingly sit there and explain it to them, even though I think like this should be common sense for a lot of people. It's not because they've never experienced that, you know? Um, and so it's just something that I have tried to take time to explain like why certain things are offensive and you know, why, you know, you need to be a little more cognizant of this or that um, because it's just people don't, people don't think. So it, well, it's I mean, even, like, I try very hard to keep an open mind about everything, but I mean, 20 years ago, as a white chick in the Midwest, like there's so many things that, and Carly and I have talked about this. There are so many things that we just had no idea about. Yeah. And why would we? Like right. we're not a person of color. We are not, we don't have those struggles that so many people do. And, but what I think is important to look at is this is not, I mean, yes, there are dicks. There are me. There are just hateful people <laughs> in the world. Right? Yeah, that, that, that's different than somebody that just really, genuinely, they're not coming from a place of malice. They're genuinely asking a question because they want to understand and they have an open mind. And I, I think that that's important. And I, I think a lot of times that gets lost. Um, you know, I think it's really important when you're not of a certain culture or you know orientation or whatever like i'm not gay i can't relate to the, those struggles but i will sit and listen and try to understand i'll never understand really what it's like to be you know a, a trans person but that's not my place to understand and speak for those people like that's not my place to understand that you know Right, and you can be I'm an ally exactly without trying to talk for someone. Exactly, right. and so like that's you know when you see, especially for me, like see ra like race being discussed a lot of times. It's like the loudest voice in the room shouldn't be a white person. It's listen to the stories that are being presented to you, and then make an opinion. But I feel like that's you know that's a sign of just trying to be educated and trying to understand other people around you and having empathy and. Because, uh, like, like I said, like I don't know what it's like to be gay. I don't know what it's like to be trans. But I will sit and listen and try to understand. Even though, but I would never talk on those issues other than like, yeah, support these people because it's not right. my place. You know, like that's not my place to form an opinion on that type of stuff because I can't speak on that. I don't know what it's like. Um, and, and we so never I, know what that's like. But exactly, it's a matter of like keeping that open mind and allowing them to have a safe space. Right. And like, you know, if somebody were to ask me about any of those topics, like I would try to like help as much as I could, but I would also be like, okay, this is this and this and this. This yeah. is who you need to talk to. Like go to this website or whatever because like I'm just it's like what you said, like I I'm not the voice for all those people. Yeah. But and I think that it's important to, for people to, you know, share those stories, but like I think that, like I said, you know, coming kind of full circle back to my coworker, you know, it's just like, 
the fact that he didn't understand but was willing to ask questions and listen without yeah. like constantly having like a like a pushback or like some sort of but yeah but yeah like he sat and he listened and he educated himself on a different perspective that he might not have had and he took it and he was like okay whether he agreed with it or not different story he sat and listened and tried to understand from my perspective as a woman why why i felt differently about something yeah. you know and i think that's like, like that's so major but it gets lost a lot of the time because it's like people just want to just shout from the rooftops their opinion yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's right <laughs> that's back Ma'am, that sounded real dirty. If you could well, just never yell, I can see you, kitty cat. <laughs> yeah, actually, kitty cat. She, <laughs> she loves much. shadows, um, so she sees like the shadow behind me, and it's all about. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm like Doug Squirrel. Only yeah, yeah. There she is. She's just she's just hanging out. The other one, I don't know. Again, whole week's ruined because I'm around. So. I see, How I dare you? Yeah. <laughs> um, Breland, are you good at taking a compliment? Am I good at taking compliments? Uh huh. I like to think so. Yeah. I mean, good for I, you. I mean, huh? Then give yourself one. Yeah, give yourself a give, compliment. Yeah. Give me a compliment. Yeah, give yourself a compliment. Yeah. Oh, I see. That's. Oh, maybe I'm not good. So, like, <laughs> the thing, so the thing about me is like, I am so self-critical about like everything all the time. Like I, which I think the good thing about that is that I'm never satisfied and I continue to, you know, work hard and, and try to perfect something, even though like perfection is not ever achievable. Um, you know, I, I'm always the most critical and, and things like that. My, I'm so hard on myself as an individual. Um, so yeah, it's really difficult for me to give myself a compliment. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, you're doing the best. I am doing the best that I can in a really strange, really awful time. Yeah. Is that good? <laughs> Yeah, okay, this is this is our oh. most uh <laughs> we always ask people this question and everyone's always just like well fuck you <laughs> 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 like every time like oh no yeah, <laughs> yeah. i feel like i i love to give compliments and i, I like i'm a you know oh yeah thank you like oh i really appreciate that but when it i i can't compliment myself oh that's so weird i know it's hard why are we like this as like is it it has to be a woman thing. Right. Well, but I think you might be one of the few that we've talked to that is like, yeah, I think I can take them okay. Most of the time women are like, no. But Ooh. I think it so I think you're right. I think it is a woman thing. Because yeah. I think even the people, like you said, even the women that can take it pretty well. Because I'm I've been in the last couple of years I've been trying to get better at just saying thank you. <laughs> Yeah, um, but it is hard to give one to yourself. Yeah, it it really is, and that like threw me for a loop. I'm like, man, I, what do I compliment myself on right now? Yeah. Like, you know right. what? It's the most like every week because we always ask it in every single episode, and every episode, everyone's like, can't I can't believe you're asking me this? I'm like, <laughs> why are you surprised? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it just is like a very surprising thing. Um, 
when we're not in quarantine and there's not a deadly plague, what do you like to do for fun? Um, so it's kind of funny. I have like a little like Kansas city family here. Um, there's three of us that worked at the same place in Rochester and really? now have, yeah. Then now work for KCTV five. So, um, Casey yeah. Jones are, I know, right. Yeah. Casey Jones, our morning, um, mm-hmm. day side reporter. Yeah. She lives down the street from me and Sam Berger, who is a producer for the station for mornings. He lives, um, actually directly below me, just across the hall. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually moved into this building because he was there and, um, I was feeling a little unsure about, you know, moving to a place where I knew really no one. Mm-hmm. And he has animals and I obviously have animals. And so it kind of made sense for me to move somewhere where somebody could have access to my house if I was gone or, you know, whatnot. Cause I know that I travel a lot for work. So it was a little easy. Number one. And number two, like in case I went missing or like something happened to me, someone would have a key to my apartment and like make sure like proof of life, like check. Uh, ma'am, are you a murderino? Um, because that was a very murderino thing to say. I no, am. No so I'm, I'm a big criminal minds fan. Um, I have stopped watching since, uh, Shamar left the show, which I mean, who, I mean, what is so pretty, (laughs) right? Like, why would you not? Well, I'm sorry. I don't care about this show anymore. The pretty one is gone. But, um, you know, I have a very like adventurous, like mind when it comes to living by myself at, you know, at nighttime and stuff like that. And, um, my parents also kind of are in the same wavelength. Like my dad has one requirement and it's that I'm never allowed to live on the ground floor of an apartment because someone can crawl in your windows. That's so right. It's always, uh, depending on where the second floor is, I can live on the second floor and sometimes not, but usually it's like third floor up. Um, just right. because it's like, then no one can crawl in your windows. So like, I always kind of think about that stuff, but I also think about like, okay, I share my location with, a couple of my best friends, some like Sam has my location cause he lives in the building with me and right. I trust him. Um, we've known each other for years and we worked together for a really long time. And, you know, like I said, I consider him like my, my family at this point. Right. Cause I'm so far. So he has my location and, um, you know, a couple of other friends have my location in case like something happens and someone needs to find me. Like yeah. I permanently share my location always. So at least you'll know where my phone is at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, that's a good idea. Right. But it's like weird, um, you know, weird things like that that you like don't want to think about, but probably better that you do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I watch a lot of like Mindhunter and like all of those like serial killer documentaries. Um, big, big, big murderino. Um, and it, yeah, it's we love it. probably better safe to do that. Sorry, for sure. <laughs> I'm we like permanently paranoid. Uh-huh. But I think it's just protecting myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you've got to be, like, especially watching all those things. You can go down like a dark hole of yeah. just like weird serial killer things. And you're just like, man, there are so many sickos out here. Especially when you're stuck in your house for a thousand hours a day. Right? Like, what else are you going to do? You're going to you watch, watch serial, serial killer, killer documentaries, shit. And now you're going to be paranoid. Like, <laughs> oh, man, this car has been following me for three blocks. Right. <laughs> They're out to get me. <laughs> Even though we're going straight down this like very normal Even road. Even though we're on Broadway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> definitely not to get me. Gotta so, get me. Yeah, I, you know, 
it, it's okay. It, it, combination of anxiety, like, and uh, you know, paranoia might 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 save your life one day. You never right. know. Yeah, that's what I think. It's what I tell myself. <laughs> Carly, do we want to ask a couple of the wheel questions? Oh, we can do wheel questions. It'll be fun. Ooh, I'm all right. Gonna... Let's do let's do three. Three. Normally okay. take turns, but you I have it. the wheel, so I'm gonna be asking all. <laughs> that's okay. All right. The first one is, what would be your baseball walk-up song? Milkshake by Khalees. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It would have to be. That's fantastic. Um, what is your favorite book or show or podcast? You can say all three or pick one. Okay. Um, my favorite podcast, um, you guys. No. Oh, yay! <laughs> I uh, knew no, it. No. You guys. <laughs> I also really like um, Arrowhead Pride. Um, Pete Sweeney does an amazing job. And actually, he saved my life in uh, my transition here because I was still covering the bills. I knew I had the job here, but... I was trying to kind of figure out what was going on here while right. also covering the bills. So um, between Rochester and Buffalo, it's like an hour drive every day. And so when I was on the drive, I would, I felt so bad. Like I felt like I was cheating <laughs> a little bit. Like, I, like I'm not a cheater. You know, I've never cheated on anyone in a relationship, but like, that's how I felt. Like I felt so dirty about it. But so like I would turn on Arrowhead Pride and like listen to all things chiefs as I was going to cover the bills because like, <laughs> it would help me kind of get up to speed on what was going on in training camp and like who was looking good and who was going to get cut and you know, things like that. So I could kind of not be as lost getting here. Mm -hmm. And then of course the 17 hour drive, right? The seven, yeah. So in the 17 hour drive between here and, and New York, I, that's, it was a mix of, you know, my mom and my playlists and then Arrowhead pride every so often to just like catch up on things. So um, they're my second favorite podcast, of course, besides you guys. Yeah, because we're um, number one. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, my favorite book. Um, well, I mean, like, I feel like everyone says Harry Potter. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to go with that. Um, my favorite, like, classic book. Uh, I'm going to go with classic. I'm going to say To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, because oh, every time that I... I know, but also yes. every time that I revisit it, I find a deeper meaning in it. And I love books mm -hmm. like that, that you can just continuously learn from um, as you grow older and, and have more life experiences and stuff. Like I loved it the first time I read it. I loved it even more the second time I read it. And, you know, just every single time I go back, I find something new um, that I can connect to as I am, you know, in my teens and in my right. early twenties and now in my late twenties. So, um, Kill Mockingbird, definitely my favorite, um, show. Hmm. <laughs> I want to say Outlander. Yeah. Big Outlander fan. Um, I have like, there's like a few, but Sam Hewen, if you're listening to this, you can call me at any time. <laughs> you can Isn't absolutely he call me just amazing like i, oh I God. sit and drool I at him all day long him. just I'm like drool come and out I of my mouth a, so the, pretty, right? so pretty. And, i think it was the second season um i was dating a guy and 
I was like, I gotta watch Outlander Jim. I'm really sorry. And he was like, Outlander. And I was like, Yeah, I got I'm sorry. And he like watched and he's like, Oh, I know where you're watching. And he's like, like I don't blame you. Like that guy's ex- extremely <laughs> handsome. Right. You're like, you he's can't like, even be mad. I, he's like, I can't even. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go in the other room and just like yeah. hang but, out. You know, like there's some boobs in there too. I mean, come on, it's yeah, something for everybody. My husband. I'm like, there's boobs too. There's boobs. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah, there's that a, there's horrible. Only... Is that very feminist? <laughs> no. I, who, yes, you're allowed to embrace boobs. Like that's totally oh, fine. Yeah. That's yeah. part of it. Everyone um, loves yeah. boobs. I yeah. love Outlander. So that's one of the shows I have. Like very few shows that I actively watch with it. Um, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, obviously R.I.P. Um, also eight season can just like go in the trash. That's totally fine. Um, (laughs) Outlander. I watch weekly as well. Um, there's a show on history channel called Vikings. Oh yeah. But the hot Vikings. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I started watching the show because Alexander Ludwig, who was also better known as Cato. Yes. From the hunger games. Games. (laughs) Fun fact. I met his brother once and like, like I was, like drunk at a bar and he comes up to me this is like at the nfl dra- or the nhl draft sorry he comes up to me orders a drink behind me and like we start talking or whatever um he's with like a couple of his buddies and he's like hey do you know um the kid who plays kato in the hunger games and like without thinking i was like dude he's so hot he totally, <laughs> like man i love him and he's like oh um well that's my brother. And I was like, Okay, oh. so he used his like, brother as a pickup line. Huh? He used his brother as a pickup line? Well, no, because we were talking about other things. Oh. And like <laughs> Yeah, so he like we, we were talking because the movies were out kind of at the same time. So he's like, Oh yeah, you know like you know the kid who plays Kato in Hunger Games. And I was like, Yeah, he could get it. And he's like, oh, well, <laughs> um, that's my brother. And Thank I was you. like, I, I mean, slightly embarrassing, but like sentiment still stands. So. Like, like if it, I don't see a lie. Wanna, I don't it, see a lie. Like, if you want to pass them my information, just here's brother, my like, phone number, but I don't want you to have it. I would like your yeah, brother no, to have it. You. Thank you and good day. Yeah, not you. Your brother, though, is great. Um, Vikings, <laughs> I watch. And then um, I watch a show called The Hundred as well, religiously. Oh, yeah. um, they're on their last season because they're ending on their own terms, of course, with episode 100. Like, that's. Oh. That's um, a good thing. I started that one. Uh, I should watch more of it, though. Yeah, a big fan. I mean, you get what you get with the CW. It's kind of like a... It's like dystopian. Yeah, but it's, you know, you, you get what you get sometimes when it comes to, like, you, you got to have some romance and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But the thing I like about it is um, how, number one, a big, big fan of, like, strong female protagonists. Love it. Um my favorite character in Harry Potter books was never Harry. Um, I thought he was really dumb sometimes and like would like unnecessarily risk him, his life. But mm-hmm. Hermione was just perfection. Like truly the end all be all like life goals. Uh, Hermione Granger, big fan. Um, Katniss Everdeen, big Katniss Everdeen girl. Um, just like everybody like wanted her to buy into like the, the romance and stuff. And she's like, dude, I'm stressed for my family. And like, no, I, I don't, I'm not into that. And eventually, like, she gets into the romance, but, like, not till way late, you Not know? until, like, the third book. Yeah. Like, and she's finally like, okay, like, maybe I might have feelings. Okay. Um, I guess. So, yeah. So, like, Clark Griffin, same kind of vein of character. Um, 
big, big Clark Griffin fan in the hundred. And, you know, um, Octavia, who is played by Marie Ibogropoulos, um, also badass. And of course, Alicia Dedman Carey, who plays Lexa, is just ballpark. Um, she left the show to do Fear the Walking Dead, which was the worst. Oh. Like when, when um, spoiler, when they effectively wrote her off, I'm not going to say how, but you, you can come to that conclusion. On your I'm going to guess um, she got eaten by a zombie. Yeah, well, she... Uh, she she got alone one way, um, but when when they finally she filmed her last episode and you knew it was over. I I had to sit there and just <laughs> it took a break from the show for a while because she was my favorite character besides Clark. And it's like okay, well, well the show's too good. Fine. The show's too good to just leave. So you have <laughs> to keep watching. But it took me a couple weeks to like get back into it. But yeah, highly recommend the hundred as well. Fun. But I know what another badass lady show is, um, and I just binged the fourth season yesterday. Oh, um, is the hang on, Shit. hang on. So the Last Kingdom. Um, so it's actually like Viking esque, like it's about the Danes and all that stuff. But it's like early, early, early Britain and before there was even like a, an English kingdom. Like it was all about uniting. I mean, it was like pre UK and like. Oh, right. Okay. So. And the Danes like, are they, these women and even like in all, all of it, they're fucking badass women. And it's so cool to see. They, yeah. they, they fight in the wars and yeah, it's cool. So you so definitely romance and drama. Vikings. Yeah. You what? need to watch Vikings then. Yes. Because um, it. it yeah, that whole thing dovetails, but like Lagatha is like, she is my favorite besides Bjorn, who is played by Alexander Ludwig, but we all know how I feel about him. Um, <laughs> but like besides that, like my favorite character is Catherine Winnick's Lagatha because she is just so kick ass. I, I when I grow up, I want to be Lagatha. <laughs> well, this was fun. Yeah, yeah, I had fun. I I had a blast, guys. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Here. This was, yeah. I'm glad we could finally do it after like four oh. months. <laughs> I know. And like, I was looking forward to like in person meeting y'all, but we, I mean, we can always do that another time. Yeah, let's wait yeah. until bars are open. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Our next episode will be out next Tuesday. Bye.